700-800 commentaries on the Bhagavad Gita. But Prabhupada has written this Bhagavad Gita as it is. Because it is very important to understand Bhagavad Gita as it is, as it was told by Krishna. Now, how do we understand what Krishna has told? Only when somebody is very closely related to Krishna can understand the intent of Krishna. Only who is a pure devotee, who has done a lot of tapasya, one who has actually done a lot of devotional service, who is closely associated with the Supreme Lord, a bhakta is the only one who can reveal the knowledge of the Bhagavad Gita as it is. The intent of the Bhagavad Gita can be understood by a pure devotee alone. And Prabhupada, Swami Prabhupada, being an Acharya, in the disciplic succession, in the Brahma Madhva Gaudiya Sampradaya, he is an authentic Guru who has presented this Bhagavad Gita as it is. Now, this Bhagavad Gita as it is that we are referring to is very very special. It's because the commentary written by Srila Prabhupada is actually so wonderful that it gives you the understanding of the Vedanta Sutras. The Vedanta Sutras are very technical. The essence of the Vedanta is given in this Bhagavad Gita as it is. And this Bhagavad Gita as it is written by Swami Prabhupada is actually accepted as a standard textbook for religious studies in all the major universities across the world. So many people who want to study spirituality, who want to understand Hinduism, who want to understand religious studies, they accept Bhagavad Gita as it is, as a standard textbook across all the major universities. So it is very important. And if you see in the Bhagavad Gita, Prabhupada has given all the 700 slokas originally spoken by and compiled by Vedvyasa, by Krishna and uh, Arjuna, the conversations are there. And each verse has a word to word meaning. It also has the translation of the shloka and also the purport, the explanation of the shloka. So Prabhupada has very painstakingly written the word to word meaning, the translation and the explanation of each and every shloka of the Bhagavad Gita. So this Bhagavad Gita Prabhupada says that he has written it for the people who are on the street. That means that it is so simplified version. Doesn't mean that it is not having the importance. It is very very highly elevated. But he has written it in such a way that even a common man can understand the import of the Bhagavad Gita. But whereas the previous Acharyas like Ramanujacharya, Shantaracharya and uh, Madhvacharya all these great Acharyas have commented on the Bhagavad Gita they are for very elevated people for those who have already acquired a certain level of uh, understanding of spirituality who have understood some principles of Bhagavad Gita for them they have given the commentaries but whereas Prabhupada has written it for all of us so that we can utilize this and make our lives perfect. So that is how this Bhagavad Gita is very very important for all of us.
and Prabhupada has written as it is, Yatarupa, absolutely no, no difference between what Krishna has spoken and what Prabhupada is speaking. So now let us enter the very very first chapter of the Bhagavad Gita and Prabhupada has given the title for this first chapter as Observing the Armies on the Battlefield of Kurukshetra. Another Sanskrit name for this is Sainya Nirikshana Yoga. This first chapter is also called as Arjuna Vishada Yoga. It is called as Arjuna Vishada Yoga. If we analyze in this first chapter, even Duryodhana is having Vishada. Even he was lamenting after seeing the army of the Pandavas, there was some anxiety within Duryodhana also. There was some Vishada in Duryodhana also. But this first chapter is not called as Duryodhana Vishada Yoga, but it is called as Arjuna Vishada Yoga. Why? Because in Sanskrit, the word Yoga comes from the root word called Yuj. Yuj means to link, to connect. So Yoga means, the word Yoga is not a conventional understanding that we have today. Anybody, when people talk about Yoga, they generally refer to as some bodily postures or some breathing exercises. That is the normal understanding of people when they hear this word or they talk about Yoga. But Yoga is not just limited to the bodily postures or breathing exercises. No, the meaning of Yoga means to connect, to link. Link between what and what? It is link between not the body and the mind. It is not the link between the mind and the soul. It is the link between the soul and the super soul. It is the link. It Yoga means the link between the Jivatma, we the spirit soul and the Paramatma, the super soul. That is what is called Yoga. So here when we are understanding Arjuna Vishada Yoga. How can lamentation, how can Vishada be a Yoga? So that is very interesting now. <laughs> Many times when people are confused in life, it becomes very easy for them to accept spirituality. Many times when you have lot of problems, when you are undergoing lot of distress, it becomes an impetus for people to approach some saintly person and inquire about spirituality. And since Arjuna's lamentation is going to lead towards his connection with the Supreme Lord, that is why this particular first chapter is called as Arjuna Vishada Yoga. And it is not called as Duryodhana Vishada Yoga because Duryodhana is nowhere thinking of connecting himself with the Supreme Lord. So that is why this first chapter is called Arjuna Vishada Yoga. So that is the difference. So now if you analyze in this first chapter of Bhagavad Gita, 
this first chapter actually sets the precedent for the rest of the 17 chapters so this first chapter is called the purvanga for the 17 chapters that we are going to discuss further the first chapter actually defines the problem it makes us very clear what is the problem so each one of us in our own lives we have different problems we are facing so many difficult situations and we are unhappy about those things so it so happens that when we are going through these difficult situations undergoing these difficult situations oftentimes we don't define this problem properly and that is the reason we don't get appropriate solutions so whereas here in this first chapter the problem statement is defined accurately very nicely and we are going to analyze this problem statement very nicely so that we understand the solutions that going that is given by krishna in the future chapters so that is why chapter 1 becomes very very important in fact chapter 1 is arjuna gita to krishna arjuna is speaking gita to krishna he is giving lot of arguments he is going to reveal his mind and his ideas about dharma oh this is right this is wrong we should be doing this we should not be doing this so we will analyze all these different things that arjuna is going to present and uh, uh, krishna will later respond to these different questions of arjuna so now in this bhagavad gita there are two levels of dialogues happening between four characters two levels of dialogues one dialogue is between dhritarashtra and sanjaya and the second level of dialogue is between arjuna and krishna so this is how bhagavad gita has four characters dhritarashtra sanjaya arjuna and krishna the supreme lord the conversation is between these four people so we will dedicate this session to Srila Prabhupada. Now, this whole first chapter of the Bhagavad Gita can be broken down as shown in the screen. See, on the screen, I have this segregation or the breakdown of chapter 1. So, the very first section of the Bhagavad Gita that is from 1.1 that is from shloka number 1 till shloka number 27 is the introduction this is also called as Sanya Nirikshana Yoga so this first 27 shlokas of the Bhagavad Gita are also describing the armies on both the parties who is on whose side so the battlefield is described and the different armies, the different uh, leaders, the different fighters, all this is explained from shloka number 1 to shloka number 27. That is why Prabhupada has chose, chosen to keep this title as observing the armies on the battlefield. So it is Arjuna's Vishada that is true. At the same time, it is also observing the armies on the battlefield. So that is how now this first section can also be divided into three so if you see the shloka number from shloka number 1 to 11 the first 11 shlokas 
are describing the preparation for war and then the section number 2 that is section B is describing the signs of victory of the Pandavas so in the very first chapter of the Bhagavad Gita already we are seeing some signs for the victory of the Pandavas so it is very clear in the first chapter itself that Pandavas are going to win this battle and then in the section 3 Krishna's wonderful quality as Bhaktavatsala becomes very obvious from shloka number 21 to 27 that how Krishna although the supreme personality of Godhead who is the master of the whole universe who is master of all the universes he is taking a very menial position of a charioteer can you imagine that the prime minister of India being a chauffeur for us or somebody else no we cannot imagine that but here Krishna who is the prime minister of the whole universe is taking a very very small position of a charioteer of Krishna so that is his Bhaktavatsala that is how the, the Lord is so, uh, you know, uh, he is so fond of his devotees that he is ready to take even the menial position. So, uh, that's very nice. And then in the section 2 of the Bhagavad Gita, Arjuna is going to speak and this is where, uh, what is called as Arjuna Vishada, that he is going to express all the different reasons why we should not fight. Although they are on the battlefield, now Arjuna is going to give different reasons. He is going to give five reasons why we should not fight. <laughs> he is confused of his, his duty now. And uh, this happens with all of us. Many times in life, we also face some tough situation. Dharma Sankat. Dharma Sankat. So sometimes we face some situations where we are confused about our, our duty. So Arjuna is also going to present to all of us his doubts and his reasoning behind why we should not go ahead with the battle, with the fight. So uh, this is how we have, uh, uh, this can be broken down, this whole first chapter. You can take a screenshot or if you want you can message me later and then we can uh, uh, I can share that with you so now I want maybe one of you to unmute let me see okay there is Jay Chandan there is Samit Thakur okay okay so Achyutanji you can unmute I'll just unmute you am I audible to you can you speak Achyutanji now Yes, yes, good. Alright. So, I'll call one of you one by one uh, while we are discussing different shlokas and uh, you can all uh, repeat the shlokas and you can, you will also get an opportunity to chant the shlokas. So, that way it will be very, very nice. So, each one of you will be able to chant the shlokas. Just by chanting the shlokas, uh, our heart will get purified, our heart will get cleansed. They are very, very potent because it's all connected to the Supreme Lord. So please repeat after me Achyutanji one by one line after line the very very first shloka of the Bhagavad Gita. Dhritarashtra Uvacha Dharma Kshetre Kurukshetre 
समेतायुत्सव पांडव किंवत संजय यस अच्युतन जी कैन यू गिव अ ट्राई चैंटिंग दिस होल श्लोक या यू कैन ट्राई वंडरफुल वेरी नाइस वंडरफुल ग्रेट सो यू कैन ऑल रिपीट दिस वर्ड टू वर्ड मीनिंग ऑल्सो आई एम गोइंग टू डिस्प्ले दैट ऑन द स्क्रीन एंड अच्युतन जी यू कैन Uh, repeat it dhritarashtra dhritarashtra king dhritarashtra king dhritarashtra uvacha uvacha said dharma kshetre dharma kshetre in the place of pilgrimage kurukshetre In the place named Kurukshetra, Samaveta, assembled, Yuyutsava, desiring to fight, Mamakaha, my party, sons. Pandavaha, Pandavaha, the sons of Pandu, Pandu, Cha, Cha, and, and, Eva, Eva, certainly, certainly, Kim, Kim, what, what, Akurvata, Akurvata, did they do? Sanjaya, Sanjaya, oh Sanjaya, oh Sanjaya, wonderful. Please repeat the translation as well. Dhritarashtra said, Dhritarashtra said, oh Sanjaya, oh Sanjaya. After assembling in the place of pilgrimage, after assembling in the place of pilgrimage, at Kurukshetra. What did my sons? What did my sons? And the sons of Pandu do? And the sons of Pandu do. Being being desirous to fight. Being desirous to fight. Okay. So this is very nice here. The very first sloka. Dhritarashtra uvacha dharma kshetre kuru kshetre samaveta yuyutsavah mamakaha pandavashchaiva. किमकुर्वत संजया तो वेरी वेरी इंटरेस्टिंग श्लोका एंड वेरी वेरी इंपॉर्टेंट श्लोका एज वेल बिकॉज दिस इज द श्लोका विच विल सेट द मूड फॉर अंडरस्टैंडिंग फॉर द रेस्ट ऑफ द फर्स्ट चैप्टर एंड द भगवदगीता नाम तो हियर 
who is this sanjaya as i said there is two levels of dialogues in the bhagavad gita the first is happening between dhritarashtra and sanjaya and the second is between krishna and arjuna so now who is this sanjaya sanjaya is the son of gavalgana so gavalgana is the minister of shantanu who is in the kuru dynasty shantanu is supposed to be the ancestor of all the pandavas and the kauravas so gavalgana was a minister in the court of this kuru dynasty so the son of gavalgana is this sanjaya who is now an assistant to dhritarashtra by the way sanjaya also happens to be the disciple of vedavyasa so it so happened that before the battle of kurukshetra before the war began vedavyasa approached dhritarashtra and asked him if he needs a boon to witness the whole battlefield and see the whole battle and he wanted to give him divya chakshu he wanted to give him the divine vision to observe the whole battle now dhritarashtra said my dear vedavyasa i have been blind all throughout my life i have not seen my own sons all my life now why should i get this divine vision to see the death of my sons so i don't need i don't need this vision what you can do is however please give this divine vision to my assistant sanjaya who happens to be your disciple as well so that is how this divine vision was given to sanjaya and sanjaya also was a very close confidant of dhritarashtra because many times even in our own cases you see we hear the news from so many news channels and it is not necessary that we have to believe each one of them because each news channel has its own masala and they will add masala and they will completely give misinformation sometimes but whereas sanjaya is not like that dhritarashtra had full confidence in sanjaya so that is why vedavyasa also chose sanjaya to be the best person who can actually narrate and give information to dhritarashtra so now along with this divine vision sanjaya was also given the boon that sanjaya can be in the battlefield and he will not be affected by any of the weapons there are so many arrows that are getting shot in the battlefield and so many weapons are released but he is not going to be injured by any of those weapons and at the same time he was also given boon by vedavyasa that on the battlefield sanjaya can hear each and every conversation that is happening between the great leaders and that is how although sanjaya was very far from, far away from the speakers he could still hear all that was going on in the battlefield in spite of all the noise that was there so sanjaya was given this wonderful boon what a technology isn't it <laughs> wish we could have some technology like that you know just now when we had uh, multiple speakers uh, on this platform it creates some noise and we cannot hear that's why i have to keep all of you mute 
So, but you see, during that time, the technology was wonderful. So now it so happened that Sanjaya was on the battlefield witnessing all these beautiful things. Not beautiful, actually, very ghastly things on the battlefield. And the war had already began. And on the tenth day, on the tenth day of the battlefield of Kurukshetra. When Bhishma Pitamaha fell down on the Sharapanjara, on the bed of arrows, that is when Sanjaya decided, oh ho, it's a very, very important news. And I cannot be here on Kurukshetra, on the battlefield of Kurukshetra. I have to immediately rush to Hastinapura and give this news personally to so that is why my dear listeners we should know that this very first shloka of the Bhagavad Gita which is now spoken by Dhritarashtra was not spoken before the battle but it was spoken on the 10th day of the battle when Bhishma was lying on the bed of arrows. So this particular shloka which we just now recited was not before the battle but on the 10th day of battle. That very same evening Sanjaya had to go back to Hastinapura and then he narrated all that had happened that Bhishma now is fallen down and a great warrior like Bhishma is now lying on the bed of arrows and he has not yet died, he is still there because he had Ikshamrityu. So Bhishma has not left his body. His prana is still there within the body, but this is the situation. Now Dhritarashtra started lamenting and in that course of conversation, that evening of the 10th day, Dhritarashtra became inquisitive to know what had happened, everything. He wanted to know all that, ha- all that had happened in the past 10 days and now he requested Sanjaya, he is asking Sanjaya, please tell me everything about this war. And that is how now Sanjaya is actually giving the flashback of all the previous 10 days. That is how the first shloka was spoken by Dhritarashtra here on the 10th evening of the battlefield. So this is very very important to know the timeline of the Bhagavad Gita. So now the question may come to you, okay, all right, that uh, you are telling that uh, this was spoken on the 10th day, but when was this Bhagavad Gita actually written? When did this Bhagavad Gita written or compiled by Vedivyasa? Was it during the battle when the battle was going on? Is that when uh, Vedivyasa compiled this Bhagavad Gita? No. Bhagavad Gita is a part of Mahabharata as I told you in the last session and Bhagavad Gita was compiled by Vedivyasa 600 600 years before Dhritarashtra was born. (laughs) So Bhagavad Gita was actually written 600 years before approximately 600 years before this Dhritarashtra was born. Can you imagine? Just like 
the movie is not directed produced without the script first the script is written and then the movie is directed and produced so similarly this bhagavad gita the mahabharata was written much before the actual events had already happened why because ved vyasa is a trikala gnani he already was aware of what is going to happen in the future so that is how this whole bhagavad gita and mahabharata was compiled by ved vyasa before 600 years before dhritarashtra was born by the way you should all know and you must be already knowing that dhritarashtra is actually the son of ved vyasa you all know that situation that uh, chitrangada had died shantanu had two sons chitrangada and vichitravirya and vichitravirya also died he also he married married uh, uh, ambika and uh, ambalika but without sons and that is how ved vyasa was called by satyavati and by the request of satyavati ved vyasa using his semen called the niyoga paddhati which was uh, used during the olden days he impregnated ambika and ambalika and that is how dhritarashtra and pandu both were born so they are actually in one sense the sons of ved vyasa both dhritarashtra and pandu so all this background i am telling you so that we are aware that bhagavad gita should be understood with all this context it's very important all right now <clears throat> dharma kshetra kurukshetra so this place of uh, dharma called kurukshetra is mentioned in our scriptures that it's a very very auspicious and it's a very very potent place it is an extremely important place called kurukshetra shrinivas uh, madali ji also has joined us thank you so much so now this kurukshetra also has a wonderful background if you see this kurukshetra is named after king kuru who is this kuru kuru is the grandson of surya bhagwan sun god so sun god has a daughter called tapati and tapati's son is kuru so kuru this great king had performed lots and lots of austerity in this place of dharmakshetra called kurukshetra and in fact he had asked a boon from brahma that this particular from the lord that this place should be named after him and that is why it is called as kurukshetra and uh, when parushrama lord parushrama had uh, gone on a marathon on killing all the impious kings of this world after killing all those uh, kings he wanted to repent and he wanted to do prayaschita and for that he parushrama also had visited uh, kurukshetra and he got he performed his repentance at the place of kurukshetra so this uh, dharmakshetra is very very pious in fact the devatas also they come and perform their uh, activities the spiritual activities in kurukshetra it is said so in all the vedic literature kurukshetra is considered to be a very very pious place so now very interestingly why 
is dhritarashtra so much worried about the place of kurukshetra actually dhritarashtra is very very fearful about this place kurukshetra and there are two reasons why dhritarashtra is fearful of this place kurukshetra number 1 he is thinking what if my sons who are so adharmic who are so irreligious and they are in this place of dharma what if this place of dharma influences my sons not to fight if they become very dharmic and they compromise if my sons compromise then there will be no war it's a big problem for dhritarashtra you know why although dhritarashtra externally he expresses his uh, putra moha as if oh i love my son so much but deep within the core of his heart dhritarashtra has a desire to rule the hastinapura he wants to be on the throne of hastinapura so that is why he somehow wanting duryodhana to continue this fight he doesn't want duryodhana to be influenced by the place of kurukshetra this dharma kshetra so that is this material love in this material world often we display a lot of love to people but deep within each one of us if we analyze we have our own self interest we have our own certain expectations from certain people and when that expectation is not met then we are an outcast as long as i am satisfying your expectations and desires i love you i love you i love you but moment i don't uh, fulfill those desires then we are a social outcast so that is the nature of this material world very nicely depicted by dhritarashtra here dhritarashtra very externally shows oh i love my son but deep within he has a self interest of ruling the king because all these years he has been sitting on the throne although duryodhana is on the battlefield in the front forefront but it is dhritarashtra who is nicely sitting and ruling and he doesn't want to give up that seat so easily he knows as long as my son is victorious i am going to sit on this throne he is very clear about it so he doesn't want to give up that position here so that is a uh, reason number 1 reason number 2 why he is fearful of uh, this place kurukshetra is because what if this place of kurukshetra positively influences this pandavas who are already very dharmic so the pandavas are very very dharmic and if it is go if it favors the pandavas then my sons are going to lose and i'm still going to lose the throne my sons will also lose the throne so that was the worry for dhritarashtra actually dhritarashtra was uh, torn between you know hoping for the impossible and uh, fearing about the inevitable he was torn between these two emotions it was uh, very evident and now if you see he is so confused in the very first shloka it is very evident his partiality also he is saying mamakaha pandavaschaiva kim akurvata sanjaya very clearly saying that my sons are belonging to the guru dynasty and the sons of pandu are they are separate 
actually this is partiality they are his nephews and they also are actually the part of kuru family kuru dynasty only but very cunningly dhritarashtra in the very first shloka is saying mamakaha only my sons are kurus and the sons of pandus are separate as a king dhritarashtra was supposed to see each and every subject equally with equal vision but you see what's happening here now dhritarashtra is not having a equal vision he is very biased towards his son and then himmakurvata sanjaya it is a rhetoric question if you see in the second line itself it is said dhritarashtra uvacha dharma kshetre kurukshetre samaveta yuyutsavah yuyutsavah means they have desire to fight he himself is telling in the second line of the shloka that yuyutsavah they have gathered only to fight but in the fourth line he is saying himmakurvata sanjaya what did they do are baba when you are sitting on the dining table what else can you expect when you are sitting on the dining table you will eat only right people will eat only but here there is a reason why dhritarashtra is asking they all have assembled in the battlefield only battlefield because to fight but still is asking he is asking what did the sons of pandu and my sons do so that is very very important so here this cunningness this diplomatic behavior of dhritarashtra was identified by sanjaya sanjaya understood this and we should know very beautifully krishna prabhupada also in the first uh, uh, purport of the bhagavad gita is explaining that this field of battlefield of kurukshetra is a place of dharma and what can we expect on the place of dharma it so happens that just like in a paddy field the paddy is kept and all the weeds are taken out similarly on this field of dharma the adharmic elements the weeds will be plucked out by krishna and who are those adharmic weeds this kauravas and party all these weeds will be taken out that is very very clear and evident so there is so much of background in this very first shloka there is so much that we should know that how dhritarashtra when was this spoken what happened so all these details are there so that is why bhagavad gita should be understood in a proper context very important so vinod chandan is asking what is the significance of cows okay great and uh, is also asking uh, shiv chaitanya shivram chaitanya is asking is sanjaya also bias similarly to the king or he is a good person no sanjaya is not a bias he is very neutral and in fact uh, deep within uh, he is a very very great devotee of the lord so he is very clear actually kim makurvata sanjaya when dhritarashtra uh, is asking what happened Uh, on the battlefield the last shloka of the bhagavad gita very beautifully sanjay is saying i really want to mention since you asked this question to me now i want to read this shloka in the last shloka the 700th shloka of the bhagavad gita sanjay is saying yatra yogeshwara krishno yatra partho danurdalah tatra shri vijayo bhutir ध्रुवा नीतिर्मतिर्न मम 
you see it is very clear from this shloka that sanjaya is glorifying wherever there is arjuna wherever there is krishna victory and fortune will be there so if you can introduce krishna in your life victory is yours fortune will be yours that is the secret of bhagavad gita when we have krishna on our side just like arjuna did victory will be on your side that is the confidence that bhagavad gita gives us when you have krishna with you it's all yours life will be successful although we may fight so many different small small battles we may lose some time but ultimately in the battle of life we will become successful because krishna is on our, our side that is the beauty of krishna that is the beauty of bhagavad gita so now what is the importance of cows yes we will come to that point also uh, in the little later section we will discuss the importance of cows very nicely in detail so now prabhupada says in the first purport how to understand bhagavad gita also all of you please understand prabhupada in the purport is writing that the bhagavad gita is a theistic science Prabhupada is saying Bhagavad Gita is a philosophical science and when we say it is a science it means it can be experimented and we can actually get the benefits out of it it is verifiable just like any science experiment we can uh, do certain experiments on certain elements and it is verifiable similarly bhagavad gita the concepts of the bhagavad gita the ideas the knowledge of the bhagavad gita it is a science and when we talk about science it means all this is experimentable and the knowledge of the bhagavad gita is also realizable we can realize this we it is verifiable so that is why it is not a religious text it is not some uh, book of the hindus it is the manual for life for human life so it is a science and we are here to understand the science of human existence as explained to us by the supreme lord krishna and how to understand this science now prabhupada explains very beautifully prabhupada says if you want to understand this science you have to study this science scrutinizingly not you just uh, read uh, no 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 we have to scrutinizingly study and the second is how do we study in the association of right minded people mind you it is not i did not say like minded people right minded people in the association of devotees we have to understand we have to understand this bhagavad gita without any personal motivations without any personal interpretations no 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 it should be understood as it is and we have to understand number 4 in parampara in the disciplic succession this knowledge cannot be understood from any tom dick and harry no 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 it cannot be understood like that this is a science so many people so many politicians have written uh, bhagavad gita so many film stars or so many other artists have written bhagavad gita commentaries on the bhagavad gita it's quite famous book each and everybody wants to write commentaries on the bhagavad gita cannot be understood like that bhagavad gita should be understood in the disciplic succession and krishna says that in the bhagavad gita that we have to accept this from a self realized soul coming in parampara so this is the background of the first shloka so before i go to the next shloka do you have any questions before we dive into the next shloka 
do you have any questions by the way i hope i'm audible to all of you <laughs> if i'm audible to all of you please make some noise in the comment section okay i have i lost all of you can somebody unmute and say something just okay great 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 okay now no, we can hear you that's fine wonderful yeah, we can hear you okay great thank you so much for that reciprocation <laughs> okay so wonderful so now let us dive into the second shloka now it's very very important uh, as i told you that uh, sanjaya has now understood the mood of uh, uh, dhritarashtra and let us see what sanjaya has to say so i would like to call uh, now uh, shrinivas ji you can unmute yourself and please repeat after me we you will all get chance to repeat the shlokas so that will be very nice okay so please repeat after me line after line sanjaya uvacha sanjaya uvacha drishtva tu pandavanikam drishtva tu pandavanikam yudam duryodhanasada आचार्यम उपसंगम्य राजा वचनम वंडरफुल वेरी नाइस सो प्लीज रिपीट द वर्ड टू वर्ड मीनिंग ऑल्सो संजया 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 सोलजर्स ऑफ द पांडवास युढ़ arranged in military phalanx arranged in military arranged military phalanx duryodhana king duryodhana king duryodhana tada tada at that time at that time acharyam acharyam the teacher उपसंगम्य उपसंगम्य अप्रोचिंग नियर बाय अप्रोचिंग नियर बाय राजा राजा द किंग द किंग वचनम वचनम वर्ड्स वर्ड्स अब्रवित अब्रवित स्पोक स्पोक प्लीज रिपीट द ट्रांसलेशन संजया सेड Yeah, oh king okay oh, after looking over the army after looking over the army gathered by the sons of pandu gathered by the sons of pandu king duryodhana king duryodhana went to his teacher went to his teacher 
went to his teacher and began to speak the following words and began to speak the following words wonderful so now this is very interesting here so sandeya sandeya is saying uvacha drishtvatu pandavanikam yudam duryodhanasada acharyam upasangamya raja vachanam abhravit so what did duryodhana did now was here sanjaya is referring to duryodhana as a king although duryodhana is not a king still it is dhritarashtra who is the king it is duryodhana is just a prince but still he is referred here to as a king because of his diplomatic behavior and what did the duryodhana do now after looking at the battlefield after looking at the opponents the army of the pandavas he was flabbergasted because he had 11 akshohinis and the pandavas had only 7 akshohinis totally 18 akshohini sainya fought in the battlefield i will give the details very soon about what is an akshohini so he is very flabbergasted to see the kind of arrangement that is being done from the pandava side and here we should know that duryodhana is a very expert leader we should all know that duryodhana is a wonderful leader he has a lot of leadership qualities although he is very cruel and uh, you know he is not a devotee kind of a person but we should really appreciate his leadership qualities and especially his diplomatic behavior you see on the battlefield he is not the king but he is acting like a king because he is the the foremost prince he was supposed to go and talk to the commander in chief and the commander in chief for the very first day was bhishma but he is not going to bhishma he is going to dronacharya now so that is why he is very diplomatic here he is very very cunning below he knows how to manipulate things he knows how to deal with people so uh, leadership qualities are very much there in duryodhana so we should not deny that he is very expert in uh, being a leader but unfortunately it's uh, what he used that leadership quality for that that matters a lot for adharmic principles for his own self gratification so that is a problem so uh, duryodhana was very very diplomatic here now after going to raja vachanam abhul acharya upasangamya he is going to the acharya dronacharya and let's see what did he do there and this is another very interesting thing okay i want to call upon now uh, vinit can you come online okay i have unmuted you now you can repeat after me okay hare krishna please repeat paschetam pandu putranam paschetam pandu putranam acharya mahatim chamum acharya mahatim chamum yudam drupada putrena yudam drupada putrena tava shishyena dhimata 
Wonderful, wonderful. Now you see what happens here. So here, please repeat. Pasha. Pasha. Behold. Behold. Etam. Etam. This. This. Pandu Putranam. Pandu Putranam. Of the sons of Pandu. Of the sons of Pandu. Acharya. Acharya. Oh teacher. Oh teacher. Mahatim. Mahatim. Great. Great. Chamum. Chamum. Military force. Military force. Yudham. Yudham. Arranged. Arranged. Drupada Putrena. By the son of Drupada. By the son of Drupada. Tava. Tava. Your. Your. Shishena. Shishena. Disciple. Disciple. Dhimata. Dhimata. Very intelligent. Very intelligent. Please repeat the translation. Oh my teacher. Behold the great army of the sons of Pandu. Behold the great army of the sons of Pandu. So expertly arranged by your intelligent disciple. So expertly arranged by your intelligent disciple. The son of Drupada. The son of Drupada. <laughs> Alright. So you see this fellow, this Duryodhana, the choice of words. He is very expert in using the words here. This is a very beautiful verse actually. And you can understand the mood of Duryodhana here. By the way, as I told you that uh, Duryodhana is not directly speaking in the, the Bhagavad Gita. It is actually Sanjaya who is uh, narrating this whole thing. So now, although it is uh, Duryodhana's words, but actually Sanjaya is one who is actually speaking these words to Dhritarashtra. So now, very nicely he is saying here, Oh my teacher Dronacharya, see how beautifully, nicely, expertly the military phalanx of the Pandus is been arranged. Why is he telling this to Dronacharya? To make Dronacharya realize his mistake. Actually Duryodhana is pointing out Dronacharya's mistake here. He is telling, my dear teacher, you have given all this military knowledge to Tavashishya. Who is that Tavashishya? The son of Drupada. The son of Drupada is who? Drishtidumna. Drishtidumna is the son of Drupada. Now, Drishtidumna was born to kill Drupada and Drupada was Dronacharya and Dronacharya was very much aware that Drishtudumna's very birth is to kill me in spite of knowing in spite of knowing that Drishtudumna is going to kill me Dronacharya imparted all this military knowledge to Drishtudumna and Duryodhana is pointing out that mistake now 
he is telling see you have given all this wonderful knowledge to him and today he is standing on the opposite side and he is facing towards us and he is about to fight with us and on the very first day of the kurukshetra the commander in chief on the pandava side was drishtadyumna and here was bhishma so one more very important thing to notice here actually duryodhana could have directly told that drishtadyumna has arranged this nice military phalanx but he is not taking the name of drishtadyumna here how is he referring to drishtadyumna here he is referring as drupada putrena he is not telling drishtadyumna he is telling drupada putrena the son of drupada why because there was a feud between dronacharya and drupada both were enemies now he is taking drupada's name to incite anger within dronacharya so duryodhana is very very cunning if i take drupada's name dronacharya will become angry that is why to incite that anger within dronacharya he is telling drupada putrena so what happened was dronacharya and drupada both are contemporaries and they both studied in the same gurukul and uh, the guru was the bharadwaja who happens to be the father of dronacharya also so dronacharya and this drupada both were friends and it so happened in the friendly talk drupada had told dronacharya in the childhood that i am going to give you 50% of my property my kingdom to you in a very joking way in a nice friendly way he had told and he had promised dronacharya that i will give you 50% of my kingdom to you and then uh, he went uh, to his kingdom and he was ruling the kingdom but whereas dronacharya we should know this character dronacharya very nicely dronacharya although he is fighting from the kaurava side dronacharya is not an ordinary person extremely powerful person and very austere person dronacharya is dronacharya was a brahmana and as a brahmana he followed something called as shiloncha vritti shiloncha vritti means it is a kind of austerity where he will go and beg generally brahmanas are supposed to go and beg arms and then they will eat and feed the family but whereas dronacharya used to follow shiloncha vritti that means when the farmers they used to harvest after harvesting when there used to be some food grains left out in the in the field those food grains used to pick up collect them and feed his family his uh, wife kripi and the son ashwatthama he never begged from anybody dronacharya never went to any house to beg anything whatever left was left in the in the field those grains used to pick up and eat that is how he used to maintain the family that is how austere he was but then one day now uh, this uh, ashwatthama is a long story 
but he got to know that uh, what he is getting as in the form of milk is not milk he was getting uh, the rice flour mixed with water and that was given to him as milk all throughout his life but the moment once he tasted the real milk from uh, the hands of uh, Duryodhana he got to know that uh, my mother is not feeding me true real milk and uh, she is feeding me something else now this is the power of uh, eating or having something from a place of people who are non-devotees very very careful we should be when you are eating anything from anybody's house we have to be very careful that's why as devotees we generally don't take anything from people's house unless they are devotees because the consciousness directly impacts and uh, we will definitely dive and discuss this particular aspect of food in one of our future discussion and really understand how food directly impacts our mind so that is how Ashwatthama's mind got polluted when he took the milk from Duryodhana and then uh, Kripi started asking now you please do something you have to get at least one cow go and beg from someone you have a wonderful friend called Drupada go to him he is a king and he has already promised that he will give 50% of his uh, uh, kingdom to you why don't you uh, just go and ask him something that is when Drupada goes uh, Dronacharya goes to meet Drupada let me take this question okay Vinodji was asking how do we, did we lose all the technology that we spoke okay and Vinod is also asking another question that means we should not have food from a restaurant absolutely we should not take anything in the restaurants because the people who are cooking in the restaurants are having the consciousness of gaining more and more money it's all money uh, thing that is going on there and we don't know how clean they are how unclean they are and they must have fought with their husband or wife at home and they are thinking about it with that consciousness they are cooking the food and you are eating it when you eat something in the restaurant that consciousness comes to you and then you will mess up with your family I, I can give you enough evidence on this how food can directly impact our mind and our consciousness we will definitely discuss more about this when we come to that point and how did we lose the technology that we had like uh, uh, the earlier uh, Sanjaya had yeah there, there was Doordarshan <laughs> what Sanjaya was actually doing now he had Doordarshan although he was sitting in Hastinapura with uh, Dhritarashtra he had the drishti to see and that technology unfortunately is lost today is because uh, first thing is this human body we are not utilizing to its uh, full ability its full capacity so we are underutilizing this human form and uh, instead of learning this technology right from uh, uh, our education when we go to school what we are studying is uh, so many other things it is all there the technology is there but we don't know how to access that technology that is unfortunate thing so if somebody can understand and goes deeper into this uh, science of uh, communicating through the mind it's called telepathy also there are some people who communicate through the mind uh, today in the modern terms it is called telepathy so there are people who can communicate even now but it requires a lot of practice and uh, we are not in the situation where we can practice all that otherwise uh, it would be so great 
we def- we would not require this uh, webex platform at all we could have just gone uh, on a mental platform and uh, had a wonderful conversation without any network issues with full audio and visual <laughs> top hd quality <laughs> so yes unfortunately we have lost that uh, okay i just want to wind up today's session uh, by uh, completing this story so what happened then uh, this dronacharya goes to uh, drupada begs for uh, one cow he did not even ask for 50% of the kingdom which he had promised and drupada felt very insulted why just because dronacharya is wearing all tattered clothes and he is a king how can in the court of so many great people he is calling himself to be the friend of the king so he felt very ashamed to be a friend of such a poor person and out of that ego drupada denied all that he had promised and said you cannot be my friend and that is when dronacharya took a vow that i am going to put you down on your knees very soon with my disciples and that is when he goes to hastinapura and starts uh, educating the kauravas and the pandavas so that is the story so why duryodhana duryodhana is taking the name of uh, Drupada here is to incite anger in Dronacharya. So uh, this is how uh, we should understand that uh, this uh, Duryodhana is very expert, and uh, uh, we will discuss more about how Duryodhana is going to discuss about the different strategies and uh, the different uh, fighters on the other side. you know it's a very good quality of a leader to actually uh, assess the strength of the opponents and that is exactly what duryodhana is doing a great leader understands the strengths and the weakness of the opponents and uh, duryodhana is doing that now he is already assessing the strength of the pandavas and he is going to actually describe the strength of the pandavas to dronacharya and uh, yes so there are so many beautiful things like that we can discuss <laughs> so today we have uh, analyzed the very first shloka we have understood the timeline uh, how this uh, 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 at what point of time of this battle this first shloka was spoken we understood the mood of dhritarashtra we understood who sanjaya was we understood how they were communicating with each other and we understood how we have to understand the bhagavad gita itself why bhagavad gita as it is only so uh, and we also understood the mood of uh, uh, duryodhana also so we should know dhritarashtra was blind physically and spiritually he was uh, spiritually also not elevated but here duryodhana although he can physically see but even duryodhana is spiritually blind so both son and father are spiritually blind so that is that will become very evident in the next uh, few uh, sections of our discussion and uh, i also gave you that uh, uh, the breakup of the first chapter so you can always refer to that i will try to share that in the group as well so you can refer and understand the breakup of the first chapter so so before we uh, end the session i would like to take some questions uh, so the discussion that we had today uh, if that has triggered some questions in you uh, please feel free to ask the questions let us have some discussion before we end up the session